0: The Giants put up an absolute dud Week 1 performance falling 27-13 to the Broncos at MetLife Stadium. What in the hell happened?
1: We break down the loss, the offense looking as bad as it did last year, and what adjustments
0: Big Blue needs to make. We will also take a look at their Week 2 matchup this Thursday against the
2: Washington football team. Do the G-Men pick up their first win? so join us for an oh brother here we go again edition of blue rush from the new york post welcome back to blue rush our giants podcast from the new york post Lots to get into after a Giants Week 1 loss to the Broncos. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon. But if you're using Apple, go in there, give us a five-star rating, write in a nice review. New episodes, post-game Mondays, preview show Thursday. Is this week different with a Thursday night game? We'll have a post-game show on Friday morning after the Giants-Washington game. We'll preview that game later. No guest on this show, but let's welcome in the host of Blue Rush, that would be two-time Giant Super Bowl champion Lawrence Tynes and New York Giants beat writer for the New York Post, Paul Schwartz. Guys, deja vu at MetLife Stadium in Week One, huh? Lawrence,
1: you know, listening to that opening, and you know, I'm sure you love every week, every week hearing two-time Super Bowl champion, right? I mean, it, it, that's a pretty, pretty nice way to be. Feels interested.
0: good, baby. Feels good, right,
1: every time. And I wonder. What are the Giants playing today going to be introduced at as, you know, when they retired? I mean, what what are we going to think about this group? Not two-time Super Bowl <laughs> champion. Well,
0: that you, they won't be getting introduced, Paul. That'll be the problem. You won't have to introduce them. You
1: know, at the st- let me ask you, at the start of every season, right, you, you played for, you know, a number of years in the NFL. I would say you probably felt a renewed freshness every year, right, uh, thinking – we have a great team. We have a good team. If things go right, we can be pretty good. I'm worried about this. Is that fair to say that you had kind Very, of a yes. enthusiasm? Excited
0: yeah. and renewed sense of who are we? What can
1: we be? Right. Exactly. Who are we? What can we be? And and sir, certainly I've been covering the Giants for a long time. I, I felt that going into this year. I didn't have great vibes about the team, but who are they? What can this new team be? You know, they got some new pieces. Let's see them. Second year of Joe Judge and this offense and defense. Let's see what they can do. And I would say every single concern that I had going into the year was manifested on that field exactly like a list in this terrible loss to the Broncos. It was 27-13. It was really 27-7. They scored a touchdown as, as time expired. Every single fear I had for this team was out there. Is that the same that you were thinking?
0: Oh, yeah. We, what we saw is exactly what we saw in 18, 17, 18, 19, 20. 21. The fans deserve better. The city deserves better. It was not good. Some good, you know, very few bright spots. I mean, we're when we start saying CJ board was the bright spot at 33 yards per kickoff return. Then, you know, the team didn't play well. Uh, So, again, same old song and dance. And we're we're going to break it down here offensively and defensively. But it was it's just not good enough. It's just I know it's week one and they can keep using that as an excuse. But um it needs to be better. They need to get better quickly. Shockingly, you brought up a special teams a stat as as the one bright spot. I had to find something in a yeah. game where
1: your your Scottish kicker Graham Gano didn't even attempt to one, kill point. one point.
0: One yeah. point for the Scotsman. Yeah,
1: yeah. If, if you if, if you have a fantasy team and and, and, and you know pick Graham Gano because of your ties, my with son
0: him. my son has Graham. He was not thrilled. Your son has Graham. Son has um, Graham. Who, who's your son's quarterback? And, and tell it me that it was not Daniel Jones. No, uh, his quarterback. That's a great question. You know, I'm not a big fantasy football player, but I do know he has Graham because he let me know that Graham only had one point.
1: Yeah, you're, <laughs> so I think I think you you have to say, look, sometimes on on bad offenses, the, the kickers get a lot of points because they kick a lot of field goals, right? Especially you know, Graham, him. Had a lot of yeah, yeah. Graham has a lot of field goals, and and um you know they didn't try a 55 yard field goal uh, yet uh, in the game, which I thought was. um I thought they could have tried, you know, because uh, points were at a premium. And Graham could was get that
0: them. after the big pass to Slayton? They just, I took think the, it was, yeah. And they took the couple of negative plays, and then they, yeah. they went yeah. out there with this. Listen, I get what Joe Judge is doing, right? He's he's sending, you know, people are like, why in the hell are we going out there on fourth and ten or fifteen, whatever it was? Or they're just trying to get five yards to see if they can get into field goal range, better field goal range, and then if not, they're just going to take the delay and punt it. So. He's not going to leave any stones unturned.
1: Yeah, well, um, their offense and defense was left unturned in this game, and, and <laughs> yeah. that's the problem. Yeah. You know, uh, let, let's take defense last because okay, they did not play well at all. But you're not going to win any game scoring seven points. Like we said, the last touchdown yeah. was a
0: garbage. Was not,
1: not, not, was garbage. It was complete garbage time. So, uh, if we break down the offense, I, I, you know, I guess we can start with Daniel Jones, the very first question in the very first game asked of Daniel Jones this season was, Daniel, can you explain what happened on that fumble? I mean, it is hard to believe. It wasn't, can you talk about the touchdown pass? It was, wasn't even, can you talk about the frustrations in the red zone? It was, can you talk about what happened on that fumble? Um, he, it was a first down run. He had six or seven or eight yards. He doesn't slide. The ball gets stripped out. It gets recovered by the other team. I think they were 17-7 seven down at that point. They're still in the game. They're making a rush. They're in Denver territory. What did you see there? And and was it just what you've seen? I think that was his 18th lost fumble of his career in three
0: years. Was it the same old, same old with him? Same old. Someone's – the fumbles in the – interceptions and everything, you know, to some degree can be coached out of you. I, I think of Jameis Winston and what he did yesterday in New Orleans with a really good coordinator, Sean Payton, five touchdowns. Now it's the first game of the year, but, but I look at these things can be coached out of players. Good coaching can take some of the turnovers away. And, and right there, Daniel just needs to slide. He needs to get on his butt. It's a, Like you mentioned, it's a first down play. We're not fighting third, fourth down for a yard or two to get a first down. It's first down. Second and three, second and four is a very good uh, down and distance. But he's diving to get to the first down marker on first down. And he paid the price. He got hit from the side. I mean, these guys are good. They're not – they see a quarterback diving, free shot. If he slides on his butt, everyone's going to pull up.
1: And this quarterback, I think more than ever – look, no question. universally, players punch the ball and slap it way more than they used to, you know, instead of form tackling. But – but when they know a guy has a reputation like that, they go after him fast and furious and, and the ball comes out. Now, there's two things. When a guy makes a mistake like that, either, you, you know, you, you know when, when a running back fumbles, very often he doesn't come in the next series, right? You know, you, look, when you were a kicker. When you missed a field goal, they don't put another guy in for the next series. Every position is different. You know, I get that. You know what I mean? When, if Blake Martinez misses a tackle, they don't sit him the next series usually for that kind of player. So you don't sit the quarterback per, per se you know after he throws an interception or has a fumble when he's your starting quarterback and there is no fear from getting benched there is zero fear you know they don't have viable backups really they never have with the Giants that you know they didn't really have them for Eli Manning they had guys who were serviceable you know they had um, Colt McCoy last year they have Mike Glennon this year so there's no you know competition there but are they coddling Daniel Jones after the game Joe Judge was asked specifically about the interception, not about turnovers as a philosophical coaching philosophy. You know, it was just about Daniel Jones's fumble. And he said, you know, penalties and turnovers, it's a team focus. This isn't about any one player. He did not answer the question. We're in New York. That's not going to fly. There was a follow-up. There was a follow-up. What did you see on that play? And he says, there's a lot of big plays. Um, it was a play that stopped the drive. We got to do better as a team of having other plays that extend drives and staying on the field. To me, that's a little bit of BS from Joe Judge. Yep. Can't the head coach call out the, the quarterback for fumbling?
0: You can. And um, I know it's a different era of football, but I played for Dick Vermeil, Herm Edwards, and Tom Coughlin. And every single one of them would call out their quarterback or a player if you made a mistake and you consistently kept making mistakes. So it's a little bit of a different era. I get that. But, but Daniel- hold on, hold
1: on. How different of an era is it? I mean, you you didn't play in well, the
0: 1950s. No, no, no. I I know that. But I'm just saying I felt like we were able to handle that kind of stuff. Maybe this this new generation of players, if you call them out. I'm not saying everyone, but why not yeah. call them out? I mean, Joe Judge doesn't have to call them out. We know who Joe Judge is as a coach. He He coaches every detail of the game. But um, sometimes, you know, it's, to say it publicly, it, it, it's a little stronger. maybe. Yes, obviously. And, and even
1: call out. Call out is, call maybe, out. you know, maybe, yeah, maybe we're using We can't have just... that.
0: You know, I would have liked to hear him say, like, yeah. Daniel knows we can't have that kind of turnover down there. It's points. We're in the deep red or whatever the hell he called it. And it's a field goal at, at minimum. And you just can't have that kind of play. So, right. yeah, I would have liked to have seen something like that. But to your point, he he did not answer that way. So, yeah. I mean, they're t- maybe, I don't think he's fragile mentally, though. I really don't. I see a tough mental guy. I think men- he's mentally tough, but got to start seeing some results here shortly. I mean, you know, one thing that struck me yesterday, and, it, and it, I was watching the game with my son, is, you know, they're showing all the fans and all the beautiful blue Giants uniforms and jerseys in the stands. It's very hard to see anyone or find someone wearing a Daniel Jones jersey. Yeah, it is. It, it's it's weird because the quarterback, you know, you think of Eli and Sims and even Hosteller, the Haas. I mean, those jerseys were everywhere in the stadium. It just goes to show you that Giants Nation has not, and rightfully so, they haven't bought in on this guy. You just don't see number eight uniform jerseys in the stands. And that's something that, that really caught my eye yesterday because they showed a ton of fan shots on the TV coverage because the fans were back in the stands. You just – there's 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 not a lot of Daniel Jones jerseys.
1: Well, that's interesting. I mean, I'm at the game, obviously, and I'm, you know, from the press box. I look down and I always scan. You know, I can see several sections below me there. Um, you know, there's no question there's way more 10 jerseys than there are eight jerseys. I mean, but that's – you know, he was there for 16 years. And, yeah. he, you know, you have two rings, you yeah. know, because, you know, Eli was your quarterback. Um, so I get that. Yeah, there's a lot of 26s. I would say there's more 26s than anything. You know, more Saquons, certainly on this team. There's not a lot. There's not a lot of current players who have their jerseys. That's right. And you know what? Why should they? Right? Why should they? There's 11s. There's uh, 56s for the other LT, not the yeah. LT, the other LT. You're right. And that that's a. You know what? I may, I may have to take your your observation there and make that into a, a, a column fairly soon here about. What are we going to take from these giants in this era? You know, what uniform numbers, you know, Eli's getting his number retired in a couple of weeks, right? And that's special and that doesn't happen often, but you're right. I'm not asking for, you know, you know, what is 26 Barkley on the back going to, How is that going to hold up and stand the test of time? Um, you know, I don't want to get too, Morbid and philosophical here yeah. about you know ending guys' careers, but yeah, this this is this is a this is now a generation. You know, ten years is a decade, is a generation of Giant fans. I mean, that that that's really interesting observation because um you know what is what are the Giants now? Yeah. What are the Giants?
0: But you know, not to kick him wise he's down. I don't think he was down. I thought Daniel Jones was actually okay yesterday. Yeah, he had some trash yardage late in the game, but overall. They just weren't on the field long enough yesterday. They, they did not get any sustained drives. At one point, they went a full real-time hour without touching the field for in between the second and third quarter. Defensively, I'm going to have to put most of this game on the defense for not getting off the field. Um, they did not you know, get off the field at all. I think the third, fourth down combined percentage is somewhere around 60 or 7%. That's way too high. And Teddy Bridgewater did play really, really well. They had some, you know, Pat Shermer had a really nice game plan. And there were some free runners, which is rare to see against our defense. You just said
1: Pat Shermer had a really nice day, game plan. Yeah, he did. Giant fans are pulling their hair out after 2018. And We've always known he's a great
0: great play he
1: he can can call plays you know he's a great guy
0: it just didn't work out but
1: it just didn't work out look he was 9 and 23 with the Browns his first time around as a head coach he was 9 and 23 with the Giants There are extenuating circumstances always but you are what your record says you are right as Bill Parcells used to say but after the game Vic Fangio the you know the very well respected you know defensive mind who was the Broncos head coach Ah uh, gave out some game balls. He did not give one to Pat Shermer, and he did not give one to Mike Shula, the quarterbacks coach. But he, you know, he had a lot of guys to give it to. But Fangio made sure to take the bucket of water and douse Shermer in the locker room in appreciation for what he did, knowing how much this meant to oh, Pat. Shermer, cool. yeah. Coming into MetLife Stadium and, you know, pretty much embarrassing the Giants. Really, I mean, this is supposed to be a good defense. I mean, they didn't score fifty points, but. They 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 weren't trying to score fifty points. They were trying to score more points in the Giants, and they were never. You know, it was a rocking chair game for them on offense. Bridgewater was not hit much at all. They it's, had yeah. said, it was at one point it was thirty one to four, I think, in plays called offensive plays called between the second and third quarter with that bridge of, of, of halftime, and you know, Shermer found a lot of openings in what is supposed to be a great defensive backfield. So there's no question Shermer got on that plane. And thought I got them, I definitely got them, definitely. you know,
0: yeah it, i I, I want to ask you a question that my son asked me maybe I we'll about to get my son on the show. he's a you know budding GM in the making uh, he loves pro football, but he said to me, Dad, he goes, Dad, what quarterback would make this team better and And I said, that's a very good question. What quarterback if you had to pick one yesterday was gonna gonna be better than than what it, does that make sense? Like, I, I get what he's saying. I know there's better players, but like, I don't think it matters. I think it's well. Scheme.
1: No, I, 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 mean, I mean, I think I, it matters.
0: I, I think I, it's I think the that. scheme. I think the scheme is horrible offensively. The scheme is bad.
1: That brings us to Jason Garrett, okay? Yes. And Jason Garrett is a hot button crosshairs for for every Giants fan uh, from last year into this year. Uh, they got you know, look, they got. Jason Garrett, a lot of help. They got him Kenny Galladay. They got him Kadarius Tony. Um, we'll have to talk about their, you know, contributions or lack thereof in a minute. They got him uh, uh, Kyle Rudolph, who you, uh, the veteran tight end, who you were the president of his fan club a few weeks ago. I have to see. I have to see if you're going to revoke that charter on on the fan club. We have to see about that. But Jason Garrett, you mentioned play calling in Jason Garrett. That is an indictment of someone, right? You, he, that, he gets paid to call plays and design an offense. What specifically do you not like about what he's doing?
0: I think it's just too vanilla. Uh, I mean, there's just no creativity. Uh, and you've got these weapons with Tony, who you think could maybe you know find some mismatches in the slot. And again, we don't know how healthy he is. He only played five plays. You know, you've got Galladay on the outside. We got to him late. It didn't matter. I just would like to see us do things when they matter. Too too often, we're seeing this team go down and and add on about 80 to 100 yards to their total offense in garbage time. And teams, you know, a lot of people will say, well, the Giants look really good late in the game. Well, yeah, but people that know football know (laughs) the Broncos are just playing kind of a prevent defense, keep everything in front of them, you know, it's pitch and catch at that point. I want to see Daniel Jones throw more contested footballs like he should have done in the end zone, down in the red, when he overthrew uh, Rudolph, threw it into the stands, wasn't even close Rudolph's a six five guy he's known for contested catches you didn't even give him a chance although he did not you know i'm I'm revoking my <laughs> fandom of Rudolph after after
1: one game one after game.
0: one game he looked horrific he looked so slow and just uh yeah he just did not look good I don't know well, let me
1: ask you something that that's the tight end position you know why he was starting right?
0: Because Evan Ingram was out with a calf, and so I'm back on Evan after last week. Because then I, you know, it's almost like you don't know what you have till it's gone. I am uh, giving a rose to Evan Ingram to come back. I'm breaking up with Rudolph. I'm back with Ingram. I thought I thought he would be a red zone target, but I mean, we couldn't even throw the ball in a in a five foot circle of him uh, down there in the red zone. We throw it in the stands, and that's probably on Daniel Jones. But um, I didn't like the way he moved in the middle of the field either. He just did not create any kind of separation or get open. And
1: all right, so for following the tight end bouncing ball, the Lawrence. I'm back to Ingram. Ball, that that Ingram down now up. Rudolph Rudolph is- up yeah. now down. Okay, I get yeah. that. Now specifically, he, here's a couple of examples of play calling we can we can chew around a little bit they get a great turnover from logan ryan. oh yeah i mean I, I when i saw the replay i said his he's out of bounds i mean there was no room to recover the ball as we said these guys they punch the ball out they they, they kick it out they they go for the ball logan ryan logan ryan is interesting because he can go for the ball and still make a tackle some guys yeah. go for the ball and miss the tackle so he's terrific at that he gets the ball out on on a, a turnover right uh, a great play the Giants have the ball, and 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 the Broncos are in field goal range. They're going to score. The, he saves points. The Giants get the ball in their own four yard line. I'm not saying you got to be uh, open it up then, but here are the play calls. It is a straight handoff. Saquon's not in the game at that point to Devonte Booker, right? You know, between the, the the tackle guard, one yard. Okay, a very very predictable play, one yard. The next play is a incomplete pass to Eli Penny, I think, in the left flat which is not going to go for a lot of yards. It's just not go It's Eli Penn third down third and nine. He throws a pass to your guy, your ex guy, Kyle Rudolph for two yards. Okay. Mm. Now, now, now maybe if it's thrown to a different guy, he can break the tackle, but there was no separation for two yards and he gets tackled those play calls. And, and then they, they have to punt from deep in their territory. And The Broncos come down and score a touchdown because they get the ball at the 43 yard line. Those play calls are not good.
0: No, Paul, it tells me that they don't trust Daniel Jones or this offensive line or a combination of both. I mean, when you get a big turnover like that, definite taking points off the board for Broncos, at least three, and the first play out is you got to take a shot, man. You've got Gallaudet, you've got Slayton, you got guys who can take the top off of defenses, and you you just keep seven in there, block it up, and take a shot. You know, give. Give give your offense an opportunity to make a huge play after a huge play. And then we just almost like conceded the fact that, well, we're not good enough here. We're just gonna not screw it up. And you know, Riley Dixon, of course, hits a great punt, but that's that's a lost opportunity. And that was a chance to maybe do something, go on a long drive and put some points on the board. And we almost like raised the white flag. Like we wouldn't reward our defense for getting us the ball back. And you know, I, I don't think they ever saw the ball again for like another hour after that. Yeah, so. that's <laughs> um, exactly
1: right. Well, on the first series, right, the first possession, you know, Daniel Jones makes a good play. Yep. The Broncos jump off sides. He recognizes it. Slayton running deep down the right side. He hits him in stride, 42 yards. The Giants are in business at the Denver 30-yard line, right? They're already in field goal range for your kicker, right? Graham yep. Gano, your son's kicker. Your yep. son is looking at this and saying, I've got three points here, right? automatic. The Giants- Right. Because the Giants are not going to score a touchdown, you know, so kick the field goal right there. Right. On the first play, Kadarius Toney is on the field. Okay. His his first snap, his first time he gets the ball as an NFL player. They do a, a, a shovel pass. Right. He's coming, I think, right to left shovel pass. So it goes down as a pass. It's really like a jet sweep or a run. The Broncos completely know it's coming and it loses six yards. Now, I'm thinking when they draft Kadarius Toney, right, he's not the guy you just put out on the flank and have him run routes. He's not Devonta Smith. He's kind of a gadget guy. He's a little raw at some of the other things. You got to get him the ball in, in, in interesting and creative ways, and he can make guys miss. So when he comes on the field, I'm thinking, oh, they gotta, maybe they will run a little jet sweep or a shovel pass. But I, I don't. I'm not supposed to know anything about what's going on out there. It was an obvious call that the Giants made instead of maybe faking that and setting that up for later. You can't do that, and then and then later, th- then the next play, uh, Booker. Uh, they give it to Booker. He loses two yards, so they're not even in field goal range anymore. <laughs> they're not even in field goal range. They take a delay of game and they punt it. What am I missing with how they
0: use Kadarius Tony? There? Not good. Enough. Five plays. So if that tells you anything.
1: Five plays and three, I think four late in garbage time. Really late. He, so that was he was, was
0: in that one play, and then two, two plays, two nothing. Plays, yeah. Not didn't use them at all in special teams. Um, C.J. Board yeah. and Peppers were the returners. So maybe he's not healthy. Who knows? Maybe he doesn't know the playbook. I don't know. He's missed a lot of time. But he's a guy you think you hopefully you'll see more and more of as, as the season progresses. Um, First-round pick, skill guy. We need skill guys on offense, slot guy, gadget guy. But the person I'm con- most concerned about offensively is Saquon. I just think he looked a little... I know he's coming off a big injury. The history of running backs coming back from those ACLs this is a very, very short list. Adrian Peterson comes to mind and a couple other guys I can't think of, but not very. Frank Gore, I think. Frank, Frank Gore. Or, yeah, He's not human. He's not human. <laughs> Frank <laughs> Gore. I mean, he's, is he playing this year? I mean, hell. Uh, but he's – very few guys. And so I'm 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 a little bit concerned about Saquon and maybe I'm overreacting. Mentally, physically, what are you concerned about? Both. I I, I think more physical. I I think mentally, I think he's over it. I watched his pre-post game. Pressure. Um he said all the right things. I don't know if he really believes them, but I don't know. He just wasn't shoving that thing right up, you know. I, I don't know. I don't think he's fully trusting of it and I don't know. He had one
1: catch, right? For one yard. It was a little screen yeah.
0: pass. He he, he stuck his, 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 you know,
1: surgically repaired knee, his foot in the ground and made a cut, but yeah. he, he slipped. And he said, I made the first guy miss, but I got to find a way to stay on my feet. I don't think that's any indicator of my knee or anything like that. I guess it could be part of rust or probably overthinking it. Aren't you going to give the guy some slack for being rusty his first game back?
0: I am giving – I don't care what the numbers are. I'm just telling you what my eyes saw. I just saw – I don't know what it is. It's hard to explain. I just didn't see it in his it's eyes. It's been a
1: while with him. You know, you know, he said something very interesting last week. He said, remember in week two he got hurt in Chicago. In week one he had an embarrassing game against the Steelers. He had, I think, single-digit – yardage I mean it was it was it was ridiculous like
0: seven carries for six six, yards
1: yeah yeah I mean might have even been worse than that so he said going into that next week he stopped playing for the love of the game and he started playing to prove people wrong prove that he could do it that's not why he got hurt but he said I will never go on the field again during this whole 11 month recovery from an ACL he said he had a lot of time to reflect I will never go on the field trying to prove people wrong I will just go out for the play for the love of the game you know, he has not been a great player in a while. You yeah, know, I think uh, you mentioned earlier off off the uh, air about some kind of stat as far as 100, 100 yard games.
0: 11. So it's yesterday was out. his was his 32nd game of his career. Yeah. So two seasons. Eleven. And he, has, and he has 11 100 yard rushing games and we're five and six in those games.
1: It's, yeah, you know, I mean, he hasn't changed anything. I mean, he hasn't, you know, he was a great player as a rookie, but he hasn't changed anything about the fortunes of this team for whatever reason playing on a high ankle sprain, playing on a with a bad offensive line, playing with a quarterback who's not, you know, who was Eli was at the end of his rope, and Daniel Jones is certainly at the beginning of a career. We don't know where that's going to take him. So, yeah, I mean it's hard for Saquon to be really upbeat. Uh the good news is that his his knee came out okay and that is the yeah, good news. Yeah. That's okay. the best thing
0: to happen. The game you're referencing, he 15 carries, 6 yards against Pittsburgh last year. For a guy of his quality, the O-line, you know, can get some of the blame, but I I saw some opportunities yesterday where he missed missed a couple of big plays, maybe not reading it. He's just not physically
1: ready to do that. I don't think um, and he's not I, I ready to
0: explode out of there. Um, yeah, you know, we got to get um, him involved in the passing game. You know, if he feels more comfortable there, I think he can win a lot in that slot. But again, Cardarius Tony, maybe he can get some of that gadget carry type plays. So he had
1: 20, he had 29 snaps, 48%. You know, I mean, I don't think that will go up, you know, um, exponentially, you know, playing only four days later, but it will go up eventually. You know, we mentioned the fans and those 26 jerseys, right? I mean, People love Saquon. When he got that first carry, how strange is it, Lawrence, that he gets the ball in the first play? Great. You know, I, I'm all for that. Look, you know, uh, Jason Garrett, give Saquon first. He kind of pushes the pile, gets five yards. Everyone cheers, and it's like, this is great. That was the longest run of the game for him. I know. That was the longest one, but the, the fans were into it. Um, look, it was a special day, uh, September 11th, you know, 20-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. A very good pregame ceremony, good national anthem. The flag was out there. First responders there, you know it, it was emotional. The place was packed. There were no fans there last year. You know it was a good scene. Um, look, the Giants were leading seven three in the so it wasn't like it was a blowout right away. But those same fans, after six, six and a half minutes to go in the game, they were flocking for the exits. That is a very alarming sight. Ownership yeah. hates to see that. They hate empty seats either. During the game, uh, uh, you know, before the game ends, after that. And I thought Joe Judge hit the right note when he said, we've got to earn the fans respect. The people come out and spend their hard-earned money. They sit in the seats. They cheer for us. We have to give them something to cheer about. It's not their job to show up and cheer just to cheer. It's their job to be entertained. They buy a ticket. They have the right to cheer, boo, stay, leave, whatever they want to do. So this resonated with the Giants. You know, this wasn't the, you know, the Mets giving thumbs down to their fans and that nonsense. You know, the, the Giants are aching. You know, Sterling Shepard has been here longer than anybody. He's the longest 10-year Giants player, you know, which is amazing because the guy's 28 years old. And he said, we have to dig our cleats in and give the fans what they want. It's frustrating. I hate seeing them have to leave the game early. That's something that I honestly really noticed. I'm locked into the game, but you can't. Hand- can't help but see people lined up in the tunnels, and it's no fun seeing that. As a guy who kicked and played in that building. You know, this is this is a love affair, but, you know, love is not eternal, is it?
0: No. And the Giants, you know, they, their version of the thumbs down is just them playing football. Let's be real. It's been terrible. They just have not been good enough, and and rightfully so. I'd leave too. Uh, beat traffic. I believe Logan Ryan said that.
1: It was a great line by Logan. He said, "Look, when the game's out of hand, why not yeah. beat traffic?" Yeah. You know, the is. only thing is, you've been in Jersey. If everyone is leaving in droves, mm-hmm. it just makes yeah. the traffic jam earlier. You know what I mean? So, but I get his point. I yeah, get what he. Yeah, I get what, his, yeah, I get what get he's saying. Yeah, there's no least. reason to stay and watch this garbage.
0: Yep. And there's not and to think about that, you know, like you mentioned, a very emotional weekend for that city and our country. But you know, you want to give these people something to to be happy about. A lot of those people in that area were personally affected by nine eleven. And you go out there and lay an egg and there's more meaning behind it, uh, when you play poorly in front of your your fans in New York. It's the greatest sports city in the world and they deserve better. And it's been too long. Uh, you know, with this, it's just been one year after another. We all feel the same way now as we did in twenty, and nineteen, and eighteen, and seventeen. After week one, it's kind of like the same questions we keep asking ourselves.
1: And it's too early to feel that bad. You know, it is is. too early to feel that bad. It really is. Now, one thing we have to mention, then we'll go. You know, we'll look ahead to the next game, which is coming right before we know it. Which is the offensive? You have to talk about the offensive line because that was such a talking point. You know, for weeks and weeks and months and months, it wasn't great by any stretch. Um, as we uh, suspected, Nate Solder started for Matt Pert. He was number one on the depth chart. Look, the Giants front office wanted Matt Pert to start. You know, he he's the he's the second year guy. They wanted him to start. They wanted Solder to be the backup, but Pert didn't win the job. So you have to go by what your eyes see. Early in the game, Solder gets obliterated on uh, by you know not even obliterated obliterated because he never even got a hand on Von Miller uh, for an early sack. Very bad. Um you know, I thought Andrew Thomas got a break by not having to uh, block against Bradley Chubb. Um, and so, you know, he,
0: he, he did he okay. well. He played. Yeah, he played he well. Played, he played, okay. Malik
1: Reed, I guess he did. Okay. Um, interesting with the snap counts, Lawrence. Um, Soldier got 70%, 43. Um, Matt Pert got 19%. So they do want to try to keep Pert involved, but at left guard, uh, Shane Lemieux, who's battling a little bit of a knee. He started, only got 17 snaps. Ben Brederson who I believe had six practices with the Giants after he was traded from the Ravens to the Giants. Six practices. He played 44 snaps, 72%. So that's something to look, you know, going forward. But overall, you know, what do you, what do you see from the offensive line? Obviously not going It's okay.
0: It was-, it was finally a game where we can't say that's the reason they lost. And I shouldn't say finally. They had some good games down the stretch. Uh, The right tackle spot, Solder gave up a sack. Pert didn't know the snap count and got beat badly late in the game for a sack. So the two sacks came from that side of the ball. My favorite offensive line play of the game was when Nick Gates got in somebody's face after uh, Daniel Jones got hit. I love that guy. We need more of him. But I I thought the, the middle to the left side was good, and then right tackle you know, Solder had some decent moments, but that one sack, you know, we'll talk about it. And then Pert didn't play very many snaps and gives up that brutal sack. I mean, he, he, was, he was in the – Von Miller was in the backfield before Pert even gets out of his stance. So lots of work there to do, but um, overall, the offensive line was, was, was fine. It was not the reason they lost.
1: And, and that leads us into the Washington game because, Oof. You, know, you know, the Broncos have a couple of – have some great edge rushers, one of whom didn't play. The Washington defensive line. I mean, there's the when you look at the first round pick, first round pick, first there's round. There's a lot pick, of them. Yeah, big money, big money, big money. I mean, there's a reason why they're good. I mean, there's no accident why they're good. They're good because they drafted these guys to be good. That is a hell of a, a defensive line. Uh, I mean, you know, can the Giants hold up in Washington in, in Thursday night?
2: Yeah, we'll preview that game in a second. I want to close this first segment before we get to that. Times, can you give us as a former player who? You know, switched his pick from nine and eight to what was it, eleven and six on Twitter. Yeah, you had Twitter in a frenzy. You had Zach Gelb calling you out for saying you're crazy. Joe Gikelinio was predicting emotional. the Eagles to win the division. Yes, yeah. Some emotional pick. I love a you know two time champs. State of the State of the Union address of the Giants after Week One. Week One. I'm going back to maybe like
0: a sub five hundred record. I'm not sure yet. I I got excited last week after we did our show, and I was like pumped up, and I started thinking: Kadarius Tony and Galladay and Jones and Shepard and Slayton, and you know all these weapons. And nothing happened yesterday. We just didn't. We weren't on the field long enough, and I, I probably feel like every other Giants fan because I'm, I take it personal, that it feels just like the other four or five seasons that I've watched closely. It just nothing excited me yesterday. The defense was even – you know, I, I was saying this earlier. If this defense is not as good as it was last year, and, you know, you lose Tomlinson and you didn't lose a ton, but if they're not as good, if somehow someone has figured this defense out, they're, they're in big trouble if they can't, you know, run the football. But I think it all goes back to running the football. We just – if they can get some resemblance of a running game, they're going to be able to play in sustain drives and stay in games. But yesterday, couldn't run the football – uh were not on the field, could not sustain drives, and you get a lopsided time of possession and offensive plays against, and then your defense suffers. So it's it's all
2: you know, that's why football's, you know, three phases. And the Giants will try to turn the script in three days when they take on Washington. We'll preview that game next on Blue Rush. All right, Thursday in Washington. Giants versus Washington. Four point underdogs Ooh. are the Giants against Taylor Heineke, not to be mixed up with what Giants fans will be need to be drinking uh, <laughs> if they do lose this game on Thursday night. Uh, Tyne, start start with you, man. Uh, preview the game, make your pick. Tough, tough defense, like you said. Um, that
0: defensive line over there is very, very good. Now on the flip side of this, uh, Daniel Jones has had, and the Giant this Giants team has had some success against them. But I think one more year seasoning for this defense in, in Washington. Taylor Heineke is, is obviously someone that we know is capable. He, he did very well in the playoff game against Tampa last year. He actually came in yesterday and played very well when Fitzmagic gets hurt. I am not picking the Giants to win a game, win this game. I am going to pick uh, Washington football team 20, uh, New York Giants 14. I am just not there yet until this offense gets something going.
1: Well, they've been uh, – if that holds true, Lawrence, then uh, they will be 0-2 for the fifth consecutive year, and that's, that's unacceptable and not good. Look, I would be, be wary of a t- Taylor Heineke. I really would. Now, now, you know, there should be a punchline there when you say that, but I was – you know, when I looked at Washington and people said, well, you know, they could be the favorites. They are defending NFC East champions. I looked at Ryan Fitzpatrick and said, no you shouldn't be favored to win your division with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a guy who's going to go 500. He's going to have some 450 yard passing games and he's going to break your heart. I mean, he's a heartbreaker. I respect his career coming out of Harvard, but he's a heartbreaker. Uh, Now he gets hurt. He has a hip injury. He'll be out for a while here. I did not know anything about Taylor Heineke until last year. And he shows up in that playoff game, right? Uh, Comes off the bench against the Buccaneers and Tom Brady and damn near wins that game. He was terrific. And I'm reading the stuff that's coming out of Washington. He was 11 of 15 for 122 yards, one touchdown quarterback rating of 119 coming off the bench against the Chargers. He's not the reason they lost. He brings them energy. He can run. He runs all over the place. You know, he's, Teddy Bridgewater is a capable quarterback, but he's not a runner and, and a make it things happen guy. And he gave the Giants all sorts of problems. Heineke can give them problems. They have some good weapons. Gibson's a good running back. McLaurin is an excellent receiver. So I just, you know, that's a long-winded way of saying I agree with you, Lawrence. Until the Giants win, I'm not picking them to win because why should I? They have to prove to me they can win. They lose way too often early in these seasons. So um, I'll give uh, – I like your your pick of Washington with 20 points. I'm not giving them two touchdowns. I'm giving a um, the Giants a touchdown and two field goals so your son gets uh, – Seven well, points. Seven points out of a Graham Gano. Maybe that'll help him in his fantasy football. He'll be thrilled. But it won't help the Giants because, um, you know, until they show they can win, I don't think they can win.
2: Yeah, call me crazy. Maybe it's the Mets' Sunday night win that pumps some positivity in me and what was an insane atmosphere. Uh, I think the Giants are going to win. I just don't trust Taylor Heineke to beat them, and I think Joe Judge, you know, in the th- three brief days leading up to the game, kicks – kicks uh, kicks their ass a little bit and uh, changes things around. I don't know. I think Daniel Jones avoids the turnover bug, and I think the Giants win a tight one 20-17, but might be an ugly Thursday night game. And we'll recap that game on Friday on the Blue Rush Podcast.
0: And that says cheerio to Episode 71, the Dave Tollison edition of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast. From the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Sarah McCrory for producing the show. As always, give us that wee five star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. You felt animals for Polly Schwartz. I'm Lawrence Tynes. We return to your eardrums on Friday, following Big Blue's Thursday night game against the Washington Football Team. Enjoy the game, and thanks for listening to Blue Rush.